Last time on Improv Tabletop, our heroes of the Balanced Breakfast Brigade, Captain Chew, Chip the Dog, and Brock Doodle Doo, had just lost their new friend Barney Rubble to the crazy cravings. They decided they would sneak their way over to the cereal aisle with the help of the map that they received from Barney, but unfortunately they attracted the attention of one of the crazy cravings. Chip managed to lure it away with a line of treats E.T. style, and right as it was about to confront Chip and gobble him up, Chip gave him the puppy dog eyes, which caused him to revert back into his true self, the Cookie Crook, Chip's old friend. With the help of the Cookie Crook, they went over into the cereal aisle and snuck up through the juice aisle so they could look down into the post-coliseum, where they saw a horde of crazy cravings all being led by Sugar Bear of Golden Crisp, and he was conducting the ceremony to turn the traitorous Barney Rubble into a crazy craving with the honeycomb cereal. So after they had learned that all of the crazy cravings were old defunct cereal mascots, they decided there must be a way to transform them back. So they hatched a plan. Brockadoodle-Doo diverted their attention and led them into the produce section where Captain Chew and Chip worked together with the Cookie Crook to spray them down with V8 vegetable juice, counteracting the honey and turning them back into their original selves. But in the process, the Cookie Crook had tried to take out the big, massive Crazy Craving and wasn't able to tackle him to the ground. And as we left off, the Crazy Craving was taking him to the deli section to do something unsavory. And Captain Chew had just leapt from the top of the aisle, his icicle spear extended to impale this giant Crazy Craving. And how is that going to resolve? Let's find out here in the world of the Balanced Breakfast Brigade. What's shaking, everybody? You're listening to Improv Tabletop, the Fate RPG actual play where we make up everything on the spot. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, and today I'm joined by... Thomas Brower, icicleist enthusiast. Heather Brower, ready to save my friend. Caleb Anderton, feeling smug. Why are you feeling smug today, Caleb Anderton? You'll find out later, I think. Hmm, a little plug for the plugs, you might say. That's right. Well, I mean, we've got a very high-intensity situation going on here, so let's not delay any further. Let's see what's going on with Captain Chew. So, Captain Chu, you have just leapt off the top of the aisle, icicle spear extended toward the crazy craving. So, roll to attack with forceful. All right, here I go. The crazy craving is going to see if he notices you with clever. My forceful personality puts that at a plus three. Well, believe it or not, the crazy craving, while he is very brutish, is not necessarily the most clever. He rolled a minus one. Yeah. With my icicle spear, I'd like to pin him to the ground for the time being. Just part of him, not not just impale him, but just pin him to the ground where he has to drop my friend. And he's, he's not going anywhere because I'm not done with him. <laughs> All right. So you land on top of him and you manage to get through one of those tattered ears that already has a bunch of chunks missing out of it, and you pin him straight to the tile floor, and the momentum sends him sprawling, and the cookie crook goes rolling out of his grasp further in the direction of the deli section, and he's just kind of moaning. He's got birds flying around his head at the moment. He's just very much kind of out of it at this point but you've got the giant crazy craving pinned down to the ground. And is there one more thing I can do before it goes to somebody else's turn? 
I look at him and I go, you've been a little crazy for too long. It's time to rip it out of you. <laughs> and I'd like to take the handful of marbits that I was given and I'd like to just take a big sigh as I tilt my head up to the fluorescent lights. <sighs> just take a deep breath and I shove them into my own mouth. As I shove into them, I'd like to feel my body start vibrating with the energy and just the, the <laughs> sugar rush that I feel. And I look down and see my hands vibrating uncontrollably and I'd like to shove them into the crazy craving and try to rip the crazy craving out of whoever this is possessing. Okay, so you're, all right. So in your mind's eye, this giant crazy craving is kind of Attack on Titan style, like a meat suit, a giant meat suit that whoever is stuck inside is wearing. Okay. I mean, okay. We, 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 we just had proof. Thomas just went full Temple of Doom slash CW The Flash. <laughs> I was definitely seeing like reverse Flash there. Yeah. But we just saw all these other crazy cravings turn back into people. And I was like, this guy, we don't have the juice. So I just got to rip them apart. The, the, the personalities, so to speak. Not physically, but kind of physically. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right. Yeah. So uh, since you used your marbits, I'll say that, yeah, we can give you this extra action here. Okay. Go ahead and roll to attack with... <laughs> what are you going to make me roll with, Ned? What am I rolling with? Uh, it's pretty flashy, I guess. Roll to attack with flashy to pull something out of this creature. Okay, this is going to be great because I have a plus zero naturally with flashy. So we'll see how this goes. That is a negative one. Oh. So I'm going to I'm gonna use a fate point with the stubborn to the stone aspect that I have and just I, I sense it not working and I go, no, no, not today. Not today. And I just just start screaming. <laughs> and so I'm gonna re-roll all of that. And I get worse. Oh no. <laughs> and I go, no, not today! And I'm going to use another fate point. Okay. Because I turn the milk black, gosh dang it. <laughs> and like, as you're just super saying out at this point, your hair and your mustache is like blowing up and the green section is turning black. The other section that was like dyed black, but is starting to, the roots are growing out. It starts going completely black and your veins are popping out on your neck and you can see the milk running through them is turning black as well. Um, I rolled a negative two that time. Oh my goodness. <laughs> no, no. But I have one fate point left. Do it. You can roll a negative four. I have been easily overshadowed my whole life and I'm not gonna let this failure overshadow all of the work that we've done up to this point. I tied it in there somehow, and I'm not gonna allow it overshadow all of the work that we've done up to this point. This is the last crazy craving that hasn't been turned back, and I wanna try and get them back and using my last fate point. Ned, I have a question. Uh, yes, Caleb, what is your question? So him persisting this much is pretty darn forceful. Is there any way to change your initial ruling now that all this has gone on? You know what, Brock? If you drop a fate point, I will allow him to do that. Oh. Brock is still running, not realizing that the crazy cravings have been subdued. 
and is just running for his life across the opposite end of the aisle and sees this happening and goes, oh, my dude, my dude, you got this. And I will spend a fate point to inspire my friend. All right, go ahead and roll with Forceful. Well, with that, and I'm now with Forceful, I got a plus five. Oh, yeah. My gosh. So you reach with your vibrating hands into the crazy craving, and you can feel like underneath all of the matted fur, it is just like the cereal honeycomb, and you're burrowing your way through. The cereal is crushing to powder underneath your hands until finally you grasp something round and hot, and you pull it out, and you see it is Sunny the Raisin Brand's son. <laughs> and as, as I'm holding him in my hands, I go... I got you, little buddy. I got you. As I'm just, uh, my hair is just black and all this milk is just coursing through my veins. And Sonny looks up at you and he says, They needed something mighty powerful to power that big old monster. Only the power of the sun could do it. But now that I'm free, their infrastructure's gonna start falling apart. Just you wait. <laughs> <laughs> it's mighty uh, economical of Sonny there. Yep, I'm all about alternative energy sources. I am the sun, after all. <laughs> and I go, Sonny, thank you. Oh, gosh, I gotta sit down. And I just collapse, like, fall directly onto my back, uh, still holding Sonny for the time being, but just wiped, absolutely wiped. So you fall back, you're taking in these big, heavy breaths, and you hear a shattering noise from just behind you and you peer in that direction, and you can see your icicle spear that had been stabbed into the tile. There is a boot that has gone through it, and there are shards of icicles scattering across the tile. And you look up that booted foot, and you see a blue overcoat. Oh no. And it goes up further, and you see a white mustache. No. Underneath a blue captain's hat. No. Oh no. And Captain Crunch looks down at you, Captain Chew, and says, Who's ready to get crunchitized? No. Gosh dang you. <laughs> dang you to heck. <laughs> so, Captain Chu, who would you like to go next? Uh, I would like Brockadoodle-Doo helping me out in my time of need. Maybe he can help me out again in my other time of need here. So I'd like Brock Doodle Doo to go next. Yeah, Brock, you look down at this tableau and you can see that standing in the entrance to the deli section, you've got Captain Crunch right there over Captain Chew's body. And behind him, you see Chip the Wolf and Cornelius the Rooster are picking up the cookie crook. And all three of them have gathered here in the deli section. Okay, so one big baddie, but all my friends are also here, right? Wait, am I there, or am I still on top of the water thing? So yeah, you're you're still up near the water filtration system, but you can see all of this going on as well. Oh, okay. Cool. I'm going to look over at Captain Chu and say, I know that was a lot. We got a lot done, but there's more to do. We got to get those medallions and cast them into the fryer, man. Pretty sure it was the grill, but Brockadoodle Doo doesn't remember that. It's casting them into the fryer now. <laughs> Isildur! 
Cast it into the fire. Uh, I, as you yell that at me, I just slowly nod my head, but very, very weak, holding the sun in my hands right now. I am going to sneak up behind Captain Crunch and try to snatch the medallion from around his neck. Ooh. All right. So, yeah, he's very focused on Captain Chew. The other two are focused on the cookie crook. So this is your moment. Go ahead and roll to overcome with Sneaky. That's a plus three, but I'm going to add to that by invoking my aspect, always looking for the boxed prize. All right. This is the boxed prize in this situation, is that medallion. This is a very shiny prize, in fact. Yeah. Very shiny. So I'm going to invoke that aspect and add a plus two to that for a plus five. All right. Captain Crunch rolled a plus two to notice you. So that does bring this up with that extra fate point to success with style. Yeah. So you also gain a boost in addition to your success. And the boost that I'm going to give you is I can carry the ring, except it's a medallion. But we know we're, we're not hanging any lampshades on the fact that this is just straight up Lord of the Rings at this point. <laughs> Is Lord of the Rings really just a heist movie at its core? <laughs> can't anything be a heist movie at its core? My brain can't handle this right now. Anyway, you've got the medallion. <laughs> Sweet. And if I can, I'd like to just melt into the shadows. So hopefully Captain Crunch doesn't even know. Yeah. So you reach out and you're waiting for the right moment. And as Captain Crunch begins to step forward, all like spaghetti western standoff style towards Captain Chu, you wait for that moment that he steps forward and you just place your beak ever so gently on the ribbon of the medallion. And as he moves forward, you just slip it off his neck and he does not seem to notice. Oh, I just yeah. whisper to myself, radical dude. And I fade into the background. All right. <laughs> and who would you like to go next? I'm going to pass it to my buddy Chip way up there. All right. As Chip is watching all of this happen from on top of the water container, he's just like, okay, okay, like trying to follow along with the plan because he gets distracted very easily and doesn't realize what the plan is. So he's like, okay, big blue dude captain there. Not good. Metal taken. <gasps> Metals. And so he wants to look over the aisles to see if he can easily see where any other metals are. All right, yeah. So it's not too difficult. I don't think we need to have you roll for that because you can see around the necks of Chip the Wolf and Cornelius the Rooster. They have their medals as well as they are picking up the cookie crook and getting ready to drag him further into the deli section. Okay. Chip is going to, with his pole still by him, he's gonna launch onto the aisle. And as he's running, he's gonna look on top of the shelf that he's running next to and just eye in on something and get this big smile on his face. And he's gonna reach over and grab this super huge magnet and just look up and say, Thank you, thoughtless customers who don't care about the people who have to put your junk away that you can't put away yourself. Thank you. <laughs> and he grabs that big magnet and he's gonna take off his mask. And it's surprisingly like one of those masks that can wrap and wrap and wrap. So it goes really long. And he's gonna tie it around the magnet and gonna <laughs> lasso it towards the other medallions. Okay. Yeah. Okay. I'm into this. 
roll to overcome with clever because that was a very clever plan you just came up with. Crap, I don't think I'm very clever. <laughs> hey, I wasn't very flashy either. I'm gonna use a fate point to invoke the aspect cookie crisp is the worst mm. because I just see chip and I am getting angry and I'm going to add that to my roll for a total of plus four. Woo! Nice. All right. So you begin spinning it and spinning it and Chip the wolf, he hears kind of a noise and his ears perk up, his very sensitive wolf ears. Crap. And he rolled a plus four as well. <laughs> well, that's a success, right? So that would be a tie, meaning that you would succeed at a minor cost. Mm. Well, I'm not willing to succeed at a minor cost, so I'm going <laughs> to use my last fate point. <laughs> well, you get three this session, Heather, so if you've only used one, then you have two more. Oh, it's a new session. Yeah, yeah. Thanks, baby. Oh, I got you. I am using that fate point to invoke. I am nothing without my marbits. Oh. I don't care that I was trying to break this habit. I'm shoving my hands down into my little pockets and pulling out all the marmots oh, and stuffing them in my mouth, in my nose, wherever they'll go. <laughs> so all of us are hipped up on marmots now. <laughs> the super soldier drug, apparently. Yeah, holy cow. <laughs> so you bring that up to a full success. So you sling it out in the direction of Chip the Wolf and it snags the metal that's around his neck and you pull it back to yourself and he feels the wind of the magnet. He's not able to grab it in time to stop you from pulling it back towards yourself, but he sees it go flying up towards you and as you clasp it in your hand, he looks up and rage fills his eyes and he starts to huff and puff. You ain't nothing but a hound dog, ha! <laughs> All right, who would you like to go next? Uh, well. We have a lot of enemies here. I want my friend the Cookie Crook to go next. Ooh. All right, so Cookie Crook, he is presumably unconscious in the <laughs> arms of Chip the Wolf and Cornelius the Rooster, but he uses this moment of distraction as Chip the Wolf is looking up at you, who's got the medal. He is going to reach out and he's going to try and slip the last medal off of Cornelius's neck. Yes. So he's going to roll to overcome with Sneaky. Oh my gosh. And rolls a flat zero. Let's see what Cornelius gets. All right, all right. Negative three, negative three. Uh, plus four. Oh, dang it. <laughs> Cookie Crook sucks. He's going to get his face pummeled. Cookie Crook is going to spend a fate point to re-roll that. Please do. It's still not good. Uh, that only brings him up to a plus one. Uh, I don't have any fate to help him. Could I help him and throw a fate point at him? Hmm. How would you propose to do that? Well, as he's failing, I'm going to give him my puppy dog look mm. and just remind him of everything he had before and can have again. Yeah, new session. You regain the use of your stunt. So you send those puppy dog eyes towards him, giving him the strength to re-roll. 
Getting a plus two. Oh, oh gosh, cookie crook. I'm rolling a lot of minuses for the cookie crook here. Oh. I can help. I've still got a little bit. Oh. What you got for us, Brockadoodle-doo? I'm going to use my stunt and the fear that my dad's name invokes. And I'm going to name drop my dad. I've slunk into the shadows, and now I'm going to pop up out of the shadows right next to them. Like, scary next to them. And I'm just going to, like, yell, Brisket Filet! Just yell my dad's name and <laughs> use that stunt to scare them. Oh, god. Okay. So you spook these guys out a little bit, cause another distraction aside from the metal that has been stolen from Chip the Wolf. So Cookie Crook is going to roll one more time. <laughs> Here we go. Getting a plus three. <laughs> so he is reaching out for that one final metal and his fingers grasp around it. But at that point, Cornelius the Rooster looks down at him and pecks him in the finger. Ow. And he's still holding on. He's struggling. He's trying to get his hand on it. And I'm going to spend a fate point to declare a story beat. Ooh. As he is pulling on the medallion, he's still got his hand around it. Cornelius is pecking, 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 and like one finger at a time is slipping off of the medallion. You see a flash of light come streaking from the produce section towards Cornelius the rooster. And I'm going to reroll Cornelius's roll this time to see what happens bringing him down to a plus two. <gasps> what? And that blast of light strikes Cornelius the Rooster right in the side of the head. And now he's the one that's got birds circling around his head. And you look to see where the light came from and you see Jarvis the wizard, the original mascot of Cookie Crisp, <laughs> yeah. standing on top of a head of broccoli. And where his hat and his robe were originally red, you see that they are now a brilliant white as he has been returned to his original form. And he looks down at you all. Brockadoodle-doo, you've got one medal. Chip the dog, you've got another medal. Cookie Crook has the third medal. And he looks down at all three of you and says, Fry, you fools! And he leaps down to continue his combat against... Wow. How did this genre change so much? How did we shift so hard towards... It has just steadily been turning from Mission Impossible into Lord of the Rings this entire time. Well, that's really what a heist is about, right? It's the twist. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, Jarvis the Wizard is rushing in to give you guys some backup. But before we can get back to you guys, it is time for all of the these three enemies to have all their the turns. Villains. Wait, what about the sun? Oh, that's a good point. Yeah, the sun that's burning my hands a lot. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, we've got Sonny the Raisin Brand's son. I'm going to have him roll to attack with Flashy, and he's going to see if he can blind these three to give you guys a head start. Getting a plus four. Whoa! Oh, sunny! And the three villains are going to roll to defend with quick. We're going to start with Captain Crunch. Okay, now we got some minuses for these guys. He's only got a plus two. Oh, yeah. Chip the Wolf. Plus three. Oh, yeah. And Cornelius the Rooster. 
plus three. Oh yeah, yeah. It, did, did the Kool Aid Man just show up? Do we have another mascot? <laughs> just randomly in the aisle. Oh yeah. <laughs> so all three of them have failed against Sunny the Raisin Brand's son's Flash, and they all clutch their eyes in agony, giving you guys enough time to make your escape. Are you gracious enough to allow me to avert my eyes before that happened? Well, you know what? Let's have you roll to <laughs> defend with Quick as well. Uh, he is directly in front of... I'm ground zero, so... That's true. It's a plus two. So you are a little blinded as well, but we'll see if maybe your friends can help you out in that situation. Do I take a strain at all or consequence? Yeah, we'll have this be a mild consequence, temporarily blinded. He blinded me with science. All right, so now we're at the top of our next round in the exchange. We're going to turn this to Brock. You're down there in the midst of it all. Your friend is blind, but all your enemies are also blind. What would you like to do? Oh boy, like before, I'm gonna swoop in and gather up my blind friend, Captain Chu, into my wings like a hen gathereth her chickens. <laughs> swoop in there, scoop him up, and start booking it toward the fryer. All right, let's have you roll to overcome with quick. That is a flat zero. Ooh, yeah, so you reach down and it takes you a while to pick up Captain Chu, but you manage to get him onto your back. But as you're at the point where you're starting to actually run into the deli section, the other bad guys are starting to overcome their temporary blindness and getting ready to chase after you. All right. But before we get to that point, maybe Chip can do something. Are you going to pass it to Chip? You know it, dude. Okay, Chip sees this and he's running along the aisle and by now he's actually a little bit in front of them but on top of the aisle. So he's going to take the medallion off of his little lasso thing and lasso again with the magnet but this time he's gonna try to get around Brock's feet so that he can just swing Brock forward. Ooh, interesting. I'll say roll to overcome with forceful because Brock is a big old heavy chicken. It's true. Brock lifts, brah. He never skips drumstick day. <laughs> That's a minus one. Oh, oh boy. Sorry, Brock. Aren't we glad we used all of our fate like in the first 10 minutes? Yeah, that was a great idea on all of us. <laughs> so yeah, you, you swing it out and you manage to wrap it around Brock's leg, but it's at this point that you kind of stumble yourself. And so now Brock has finally gotten his bearings and he's starting to rush and you feel yourself get pulled off the top of the aisle and you're going to get dragged along behind Brock, kind of just like <laughs> water skiing behind him. I turn it over to Jarvis. All right. Jarvis, the light, our, our one shining hope. Let's see if you can do anything for us. So Jarvis is going to come rushing in with his staff and he's going to try and use his magic. He's going to try and increase the gravity just for these three guys so that they go slower and have a hard time getting up from the ground because he's a freaking wizard. <laughs> so he's going to roll to overcome with flashy. I'm sorry, Ned, are there any somatic components to the spell? Nah, man, <laughs> this wizard is beyond all of that pedantry. This is real magic here. He just says it happens and it happens because he rolled a plus four to Whoa. make that happen. Whoa. So I'm going to give each of these guys a chance to defend with forceful because the gravity is pulling down on them, but they can still try and muscle their way out of it. So we'll start with Captain Crunch who gets a plus three. Oh, man. Chip the Wolf, 
who gets a minus three. No, well, he rolled a minus three, but he has a plus three forceful, so he gets a flat zero. Ooh. And then Cornelius the Rooster. Also plus two, man. Wow. So they are all like trapped in this gravity field being held down to the ground. They're finally not blinded anymore and they're getting ready to chase after you. But now just slam all of them thud to the ground and they're going to be incapacitated for one more round. And Jarvis gets in there and he stands in between all of them with his staff at the ready. And he's going to turn it over to the cookie crook who is also going to hop onto Brock's back so that you guys are all in one unit moving forward. So I guess Captain Chu, uh, since you have been blinded, I'll say that you can use your action to remove that blinded consequence if you would like, or you can still try and do something while you're blinded. Um, I'll just spend my turn just like following the stars that I see as a result of my blindness, and I'm trying to connect the dots between them as I'm trying to make sense out of it. But then I just realize... Oh, wait, this doesn't make sense at all. So I'll just try to not be blind if at all possible. <laughs> yeah, I'll say roll to overcome with clever. I am a little bit clever. So that's a plus two. All right. So yeah, you managed to snap yourself out of this blindness and you can now see you're scooped up in Brock's arms. He's rushing along. You look behind you, you see Cookie Crook on his back and Chip way behind. Got like one celery stock <laughs> under each foot using him as like water skis. All rushing en masse towards the fryer. And uh, now that I, I am not blind anymore, I'd actually like to hop off. But also, if I see uh, Brockadoodle do have Captain Crunch's medal, I'd like to remove that or take that with his permission. Sure, dude. All right. So you now have Captain Crunch's medal in your possession. That brings us to the top of our next exchange. Who would you like to go next? Oh, boy. Uh, we are getting close to the deli section, right? Are we pretty much there or like... So, yeah, you're behind the counter and you can see the fryer uh, not too far from where you are at this point. It is tall, but it is within reach. Okay. Brockadoodle Dew saved me. He saved pretty much us all and kind of the MVP, him and Chip, certainly more than me. So I'm going to have Brock go first and follow his lead. All right. As I'm running, I would like to activate my little walkie-talkie watch and talk to Plucky and say, all right, Plucky dude, I know you were trying to protect me by telling me to take it to the grill, but it's the fryer, isn't it? We got to cast these things into the fryer, don't we? You are sacrificing much of your own innocence for this. You're going to see things by that fryer that you're not going to like, but it's for the good of us all, and I am eternally grateful to you, Brockadoodle-Doo. And Brockadoodle-Doo to you. <laughs> and I guess that's it. I'll just keep running towards that fryer. As you keep running, Brock, I turn to you and I go, at the beginning of this, we all said that we'd put our morals aside. And you, I think you've made the biggest sacrifice to put your innocence aside there, Brock. I salute you as we're just sprinting as fast as we can towards the fryer. Thanks, dude. I'll see if my dad can buy me a new one or something. We'll see. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Brock, who would you like to go next? I'm actually going to mix it up a little and hand it back to Captain Chu. Okay. Okay. So yeah, you guys have gotten significantly closer to the fryer. Okay. Uh, I'd like to got to try and find a way up here. So uh, I'm looking around, looking around, and uh, I see a bunch of those 
the deep fat fryer baskets just kind of like on the countertop right next to the fryer. And uh, I know that if we could just stack them or somehow get them to stack on top of each other, we could use them because the holes are just the perfect size for our shapes to climb up towards the fryer. So I'm gonna throw my pancake shield that I have up to them and try to knock them off onto the ground to land in some way where we could just kind of like hop, jump and climb up to the fryer itself. All right, yeah, so you've gotta have quite a bit of force behind that throw to knock these off, so roll to overcome with forceful. Okay, 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 okay. It's a plus four. Oh, nice. So you toss it and you smack the first one and this pancake, even though you've had it out for a while, it's still a little bit frozen and you expend like the final bit of your Super Saiyan energy. And as you toss it up, it kind of like lights up with this black energy and spins even faster. And it hits the handle of the first fryer basket and it goes teetering up on its edge. And as it falls, it lands on the handle of the other fryer basket basket and it's just like this domino Rube Goldberg kind of effect of all of these baskets falling off onto the ground making this terrific clattering noise but now you've got this pile of baskets with this grid mesh that you can use to climb up to the top it's exactly what I wanted okay everybody climb up to the fryer all right, who'd you like to go next? I am actually going to mix it up even more and toss it to our villains here. So Captain Crunch, as I gaze back and I see what's going on over there and uh, toss it on over to their direction. All right, Captain Crunch looks at Jarvis the wizard with a scowl and he says, we were there together at the beginning, some of the oldest mascots, and I was so glad to be rid of you and I would be so glad to be rid of you again. And he reaches into his coat and pulls out a straight up blunderbuss. Oh my gosh. <laughs> and he's going to fire with his blunderbuss at Jarvis with forceful, and Jarvis is going to defend with flashy to try and defend with his magical shield. So Captain Crunch gets a plus four, <gasps> and Jarvis gets a plus five. Yeah! Oh man. <laughs> So at the last moment, Jarvis spins his staff and he deflects the bullet away and it goes flying up into the ceiling and hits one of the fluorescent bulbs above and it pops and glass goes showering down on top of them. And Captain Crunch scowls, but his eyes are wide with fear, seeing the power of this man in front of him. And Captain Crunch is going to turn it to Chip the Wolf, who, now that Jarvis has been distracted, is no longer holding onto this gravity spell. Chip the Wolf goes feral, and he starts rushing after you guys, down on all fours. His hoodie is tearing, kind of like he's raging out into a werewolf. I knew it. And he comes <laughs> rushing towards you. And as you guys have begun to climb up the baskets, He's reached the bottom of the baskets there and is starting to climb up after you. And then he's going to turn it to Cornelius, who is going to try and peck at Jarvis the wizard, trying to like peck him right on the hand to get him to drop the staff. So once again, we're going to have a contested roll between them. Cornelius gets a plus four. Jarvis gets. You would not depart an old man from his walking stick, would you? <laughs> a plus two. Oh, no! Jarvis drops his staff and he's clutching onto his hand in pain. And at that point, that does it for our villains. So they're going to turn it to Chip the Dog. 
Okay, how close are we to the top now? Uh, you are very, very close. So by the end of this turn, you should be able to make it up to the top there. Okay, Chip is going to see all this going on. And Brockadoodle-Doo is still, like, in front of him, right? I imagine that I'm no longer dragging behind him. <laughs> I'm actually climbing. Mm-hmm. And he's going to be close enough that Chip is going to put the metal on Brockadoodle-Doo and kind of look around, and he's going to see something right near the side, like, that had just been stashed there by one of the workers. And he's going to reach down and he's going to take a handful of apple pie toast crunch. Ooh, you don't say. And he's going to eat it. And he's heard that this, like, will give you massive strength and energy because it's better than any other one that there is. (laughs) And as he finishes swallowing, he's going to say to Brockadoodle-Doo, Hey, you've been such a good friend to me. And you know what? Although I can't carry these medals... I can carry you. And he's gonna <laughs> kick Brockadoodle-Doo with the biggest kick to send him flying up, hopefully not into the fryer, but <laughs> oh, no. over the fryer. All right. Out of the frying pan into the fryer, dude. <laughs> well, somebody knows how to pander to the GM. So yeah, you give this big old kick. And I'll say that by doing that, I'll allow you to roll with sneaky instead of with forceful. (gasps) Because Brock probably isn't expecting this. Nope, none of the players were expecting this. Crud, what the heck? I hate these dice. Okay, um, I got a plus one. Plus one, all right. So you give this big old kick and Brock, for the first time in your life, It's almost like you're flying. You feel (laughs) the wind ruffling through your feathers in a way that you've never felt before. And you go up, up, and you've got like the Cookie Crook and Captain Chew clinging onto your feathers. And they've got their medals, you've got the final medal. And as you get to the very apex, Chip kicked a little bit too hard. And you are about to fall in, but you just managed to clasp onto the edge of the fryer with your talons. So you are hanging over this bubbling vat of oil, but you have not fallen in quite yet. And that, I believe, brings us to the Cookie Crook, I think is the only one who hasn't gone yet. No, Jarvis hasn't in this round, right? That's right, because it went to the villains and they fought against Jarvis, but he hadn't had a chance to go yet. Well, I'm going to send it to him, even though I love the Cookie Crook. (laughs) All right. So you send it over to Jarvis. He looks down at his staff on the ground. He looks at these two surrounding him. And he gets a wistful little smile on his face and reaches into his robe and pulls out a single piece of cookie crisp. And you see it glows with the magic of like his very soul. And he looks up at you and gives a little smile and he crushes the piece of cookie crisp between his hands. And there is a massive explosion of sugary energy and you have to like shield your eyes for a moment. But when you look back down, you see an empty tile floor. There is no Cornelius. There is no Captain Crunch. But there is no Jarvis either. The ultimate sugary sacrifice. And now he's going to pass it to the Cookie Crook. He reaches into his pocket, pulls out the Kellogg's medallion, and just tosses it down to the fryer beneath him. And as it hits, there is a big old flash of light and you hear it hissing and bubbling 
and when you look down, you can see that there's nothing left but just this charred husk of what used to be the Kellogg's medallion. And that is going to bring us to the top of our next exchange. He's going to pass it to Captain Chu. All right, and I'm standing next to Brockadoodle-Doo, right? Yeah, so he is hanging into the fryer, and you're kind of clutching onto his feathers. Okay, I've got the Captain Crunch medal, and I, I grab it. As with one hand, I'm holding onto Brockadoodle-Doo. The other hand, I'm looking at the metal, and I go and I thrust my hand over the fryer, the boiling fryer oil, and as I'm about to drop it, I just hesitate, and I just stare at it, and I think to myself, you know... This, this could be the key. This could be the key to everything. I could I could use this. I could create my own cereal again. They'd never laugh me out again. I could be on top. After all, why shouldn't I? <laughs> why shouldn't I keep it? Um, and I have this moment where, where I pause and I hold. But as Brock is holding on, straining, and uh, shakes me to the present just with him trying to hold on himself, I, I look up to Brock, who's saved my life multiple times today, who I thought was just this rich kid who liked to name drop his dad. I realize that there are more important things than fame and fortune, and I look at the metal, and with a bit of disgust, I just slowly drop it into the fryer. And a similar thing happens as it strikes the surface. There's a flash of light, a bubbling and a hissing, and the Quaker medallion has been destroyed in the fryer. Who would you like to go next? Brock, you have to cast it in. You have to cast it into the flame. Cast it into the fryer, Brock. As I am hanging there upside down, the heat rising in waves up to meet me and ruffling my feathers, Everything seems to go into slow motion, and I hear a strange siren call as if from off in the distance. And I'd like to invoke my trouble, we'll go after anything shiny, and say that I have not been able to stave off the lure of this medallion, and I have fallen to its influence. Cast her into the fire, Brock! The fryer! Like, no, dude! We can end this once and for all, Brock! Just cast it in! No, man! No way! It's Zelda! I mean, Brock! I'm going to do something uh, a little unorthodox, and I'm going to decide who goes next. <gasps> Chip the wolf has made it to the top of the pile, and he leaps on, and he sees you hanging in there, and his feral eyes spot the medallion that you're clutching onto with one of your talons. He looks down at it, and he just hisses out, My precious and he leaps down and he bites into your talon. <laughs> he catches the medallion in his mouth along with one of your chickeny toes. Oh and gosh. as he falls down into the fryer, he holds it in between his hands. He looks at it lovingly and then he strikes the fryer oil beneath and a look of shock goes over his face. He holds up the medallion trying to stop it from going into the oil, but finally, it is all consumed, and there's one final flash, and the oil begins to bubble very, very violently. Brock, we gotta go! We gotta go, Brock! Trying to pull him up out of the fryer. The spell is broken, and I shake myself, and I climb up. And as you get to the top of the fryer there, I mean... There's, we're, we said at the beginning that we're not hanging any lampshades about this being straight up Lord of the Rings. You look up and you hear a calling noise and you no. see 
<laughs> Sonny the Cuckoo of Cocoa Puffs oh and God. Toucan Sam. And they are flying in towards you, their wings spread, flapping majestically as you guys climb out of the bubbling fryer oil, get onto their backs. And these massive majestic birds fly you away from the exploding fryer. And then we're going to cut to the cereal aisle sometime later. You guys are all just kind of milling about in the pleasant air that is surrounding you. And Plucky the Peppercorn is sitting there with a little mimosa in his hand. He's just sipping on it. And he says, You know, I wasn't actually sure you'd be able to do it, but you did it. Now the question is, did you get that 30k? (laughs) (laughs) I think that is where we're going to conclude our story in the world of the Palace Breakfast Brigade. Yes! (laughs) I totally forgot about the 30k. (laughs) It does make so much sense, though, that Chip would be the one who remembered. (laughs) Wow. Well, thanks everybody so much for listening to this crazy thing that we have created. We'll be back next month with more adventures in a brand new setting. If you want more, go ahead and subscribe, maybe even give us a review. We would be as happy as the white wizard who knew that his final act would save the world if you would go ahead and give us a review on the podcatcher of your choice. We're also all over social media at Improv Tabletop, so if you'd like to suggest either a setting for us to play in or an aspect for one of our characters to use, you can tweet about us, you can comment on one of our posts using hashtag setting or hashtag aspect. Let's do a round of plugs. So if you are listening to this on the day it is being released, that means tomorrow is American Thanksgiving, and I would like to plug expressing what you are thankful for. And for me, what that is today is all of these wonderful people who are giving up so much to make this show happen. I'm sure that you've heard in our introductions and during our plug sections bits and snippets about, you know, people taking time while they're moving across the country to record this podcast or after they've had a terribly rough day trying to put the children to bed, how many times we've sat down just exhausted out of our minds, but all of my friends are giving up their time to make this show with me. In fact, we had like an hour of technical difficulties before we started recording this very episode, (laughs) but they all decided to stick through it, and I am incredibly grateful for that, and I have a very, very wonderful group of friends who helps me to realize that this is all worth it and I want to express my gratitude for them and just uh, hope that you have some people to express some gratitude for as well. That's very sweet. Thank you, Ned. Thank you, Ned. Obviously, we love what you have created and are happy to be a part of it and so happy that we have people who actually want to listen to this stuff because I'd be doing it anyway just because it's fun. (laughs) Amen. Yeah, I'm glad that we have people out there who are interested in listening to our thinly veiled Lord of the Rings fan fiction. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Thomas, do you have anything that you would like to plug? Uh, well, that that was very kind, and, and uh, I am very thankful for uh, our group of friends here. Um, not so thinly veiled. I want to plug Lord of the Rings, <laughs> specifically the extended edition cuts. Yes. I feel like if you're a fan of Lord of the Rings, you're a fan of the extended edition cuts. My wife uh, wasn't a fan of Lord of the Rings, and she was very kind to allow me to make her watch all of the extended cuts. 
and by golly, they just enhance it so much, but we all know that I'm a gigantic nerd, so of course I would think that. Speaking of being a gigantic nerd, we have a sister podcast, I Cast Fireball. Man, look at that segue. That that wasn't forced at all. Solid um, segue. I Cast Fireball, where I take a turn as a dungeon master, and Ned is a player here, uh, and he is a cute little kobold uh, with a lot of surprising twists and turns, and it's a D&D adventure where we go through the campaign Tyranny of Dragons. If you like a long-form campaign that you can follow and binge, we've got up to, I think, 23 episodes, maybe 22 episodes now that you can binge. Um, with December being every week, we're going to be dropping a story episode as well, so go and jump on there, and uh, please leave us a review as well. We're getting into probably my favorite section that we've recorded so far of this oh, campaign. It's, it's so good. I think you guys are really going to enjoy it. It's so good. A lot of a lot of custom stuff made for my players, and a lot of uh, a lot of interesting role playing and battles to become. So it, it's a nail biter. It's gonna be good. Heather, you got anything that you would like to plug? Yeah, I would love to plug research, and I don't mean scientific research, which is also great. But I mean research for when you're creating something beautiful like this. Like you could tell that Ned has done his research on all of the cereals. And even if he did that like a decade ago, he still did it. (laughs) And it was beautiful to hear all of his knowledge. Recently, I won't say what movie, but I watched a movie where I would say maybe they didn't do the full extensive research um, on a certain Russian name that I adore. And I would just, as a public service announcement for anyone in the future, I want you to know that the Russian name is not Alexei, it's Alexei. You're welcome. All right. <laughs> I feel ya. And Caleb, is there anything that you would like to plug? Guys, I told you I was feeling smug. I managed to successfully create some rapid healing technology and bring Evan back from the brink of death. Um, Unfortunately, he woke up from his coma he was in, was so angry that he then destroyed the technology that I made. So unfortunately, that's not going to be able to like be accessible to anybody else. But it was a cool one-time thing that happened. I'm really hoping that uh, he'll be on our podcast again really soon because I felt bad for that. Well, that's good to hear because I did have him scheduled for next month's campaign. So I'm glad that will actually happen there. Oh, cool. Man, that's so good. Also, just uh, going along with research and Lord of the Rings and nerdiness and stuff like that, I just want to plug like hyperfixation and deep dives and going down the rabbit hole. If you find something you enjoy, nerd out about it, okay? Read those 85 Wikipedia articles. <laughs> Watch those YouTube videos at 2 a.m. about how to build your own rocket ship or whatever. Just like whatever piques your interest, just do it, guys. It's worth it. Don't let anybody tell you otherwise. And honestly, it'll come in handy at some point. And if it doesn't, like, you know, if you don't use it for a podcast or something, then it's still enriching and worthwhile to do. So all joking aside, just don't be afraid to be interested in the stuff that makes you you. Amen. Amen. Very heartfelt. Well, thanks, everybody, for joining us here in the world of the Balanced Breakfast Brigade. I'm Ned Wilcock, your host and GM, who is going to go and eat two bowls of Apple Pie Toast Crunch after this. And I've been joined by... Thomas Brower, a Flash enthusiast. Heather Brower, 
That's all. <laughs> Caleb Anderton, nerdy and quite proud of it. Much love and stuff. We'll catch you next week on Improv Tabletop. I am Jarvis the White, and I come to you at the turn of the tide. Ned, I can't even say how astounded I am by all of the serial knowledge you have. It's, <laughs> it's useless for everything except what we're doing right now. That's why we're doing it. <laughs> or if you're in marketing, which, Ned, you should get in marketing. Oh, should I? Yes. <laughs> You'd be good at that. I'll, I'll, you know, I'll reach out to my the boss of the marketing company that I work at and ask him if he thinks I should get into marketing. <laughs>